and welcome to Into the Multi-Voice, Big Daddy Gamey's official news and discussion podcast. I am Mel. Who are the rest of you people? <laughs> I'm Greg. I am a staff writer commonly covering bullet hell and RPG games and an interviewer for Big Daddy Gaming. Hi, I'm Derek. Uh, I cover odds and ends stuff um, as a staff writer and sometimes editor. And... Yeah. I'm Solo Mail. I I'm I'm a writer on the site. Alright. So uh we've only got three games on the docket this week, so who wants to go first? I wanna hear Derek's opinion on Bailand. Playing Bailand this week. Alright, yeah. Um I got this game at launch, but um around the same time my wife had a baby, so I've been playing very, very little. Um, but it's it's an interesting game. Um, I don't want to say it's a good game, but I don't want to say it's a bad game either. It's, uh, imagine... It's a game. <laughs> yeah, it's a game. The best way I can describe it is imagine um, the year is 2003. You go to Blockbuster and you see a random platformer for the GameCube that you've never heard of. And you pick it up, you play it for a weekend, and you go, that was fun. But then you never rent it again. <laughs> that, that's that's how Balan is. Like, it's, so it's, it's like Pets Cop? It's like what? Like like Pets Cop, because the joke is that it's like a PlayStation game you never played. Yeah. 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 I um, Go ahead. I would definitely, like, if... I wish Redbox still rented games out because I would definitely like just rent Balan to experience it. But unless it goes on sale for like five dollars, I never see myself playing it. I mean, you could just play the demo, you know, that gives you a pretty good idea of what you could expect. No, no, I need this full train wreck experience. I've I've heard it's one. I need this full experience here. I will one... say. Oh, go ahead. Uh, it's one of those ones that I'm waiting for it to drop to like. 15 to 20 dollars before picking up because i am infinitely curious about bad games but i am not paying 60 dollars for the bad game yeah i, I always uh, fulfill my curiosity by watching uh like several long-winded internet videos uh describing literally everything there is to know so mm-hmm. it saves me the trouble i definitely think where i have been playing it at such a slow pace. Um, I'm only halfway through the game. Um, I'm going to try and platinum it because I can. <laughs> but in all honesty, like the graphics look really nice where I'm playing it on a PS5. Um, it doesn't control amazing, um, but it's one of those things where I guess other people have been playing it on the Switch or the PS4 and they have like, you know, stutters, crashes, and things like that. I haven't experienced that, so it's just... Like it just feels like an old game that hasn't been updated with uh its modern uh competitors. So if I really think that if this game came out in like the year two thousand, people would definitely remember it more fondly. Man has a PlayStation five and he decides to use it to play Balan Wonderland of all games he could play on that system. Yeah, of all five games he could play on it, he chose one of them. I'm a madman, I tell you. <laughs> I uh, 
I, I don't remember exactly who it was. I'll look it up and link it in the show notes or whatever. Um, there was a video I came across where someone was determined to understand Balan Wonderworld. And they actually found out the game has a shocking amount of plot. It's just all contained in a book that doesn't come with the game. <laughs> so yeah, the story yeah. is uh, like something equivalent to like um, basically the um, you you I think it was Yuji Naka, um, I think I I um, I'm kind of yeah, kind of right. spitballing yeah. from my bad memory, yeah. but like uh, basically like when they were hired at Square to make the platformer, but like they expected to expected uh, they had expectations to like make it deep on story, so they like basically. He, he read up on the hero's journey and then, like, wrote up this whole, like, massive story before the game existed, basically. Yeah, from what I understand, basic, he came up with this whole elaborate plot that, from what I have heard of it, sounds very Kingdom Hearts, but, like, what people who haven't played Kingdom Hearts think Kingdom Hearts is, not what Kingdom also, Hearts actually is. Also, it's got some Psychonauts. Yeah, and so, um, but he then decided, we're not going to put that in the game because I want to tell the story wordlessly, which did not work out for them in the slightest. <laughs> yeah. Because apparently it's this whole thing about going into people's hearts and repairing the damage that has been done and all this stuff, and that just doesn't come across. Way to describe it um, for anyone that's. Uh, maybe seen Twin Peaks or heard of Twin Peaks. Uh, it's one of those things where uh, the game knows what's going on and there's a story going on, but the game doesn't tell you that there's a story going on. It just expects you to know, hey, something's happening. Because like you were saying, the game will just play these elaborate cutscenes and you're like, oh, who is this farmer who's going through a tornado? Oh, wait, hold on, there's a girl and she's getting attacked by a dolphin? And it's like, wh why is she getting attacked by a dolphin? Wow, is everyone and, dead or something? No, and that's the thing. It's like really weird. Like this dolphin like bites her. Yeah, and, yeah, and, I, like, know, her... I know. I, I was, I was uh, messing around. Oh my gosh! But then, like, there was this other scene um, the other night I was playing where this girl's best friend is her cat, and all of a sudden, like, the cat gets hit by a car, and it doesn't Aww. show it, and then the girl runs away. But then after you beat that world and, like, you know, destroy the sadness that's in her heart, which manifests as a giant demon cat, um, when you... She looks back and realizes that the cat's okay and the car stopped and the cat's been following her all the way home while she was crying. So there are some weird endearing parts. So nothing but... was wrong, but she had a mental breakdown anyway. I feel it. Exactly. <laughs> Listen, she looked away and assumed the worst. We've all been there. But I mean, most people look back. They don't just run away from the scene. <laughs> I mean, that's me like every Thursday, so that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> but yeah, uh, short review from someone who hasn't beat it yet. It's an okay game. I found myself more engaged with the, uh, the like, animal collecting because you have these little birds called Tims and I like growing them because it's kind of like the chow garden in Sonic Adventure where you, and you can just like you can like let them play around and like you can literally just watch them like play on this giant amusement park that you build and it gets bigger by letting them play on it 
and the more you bring in there, uh, and the more like the little gems you get can cause it to uh, they'll grow. And if they get large, and you throw another one at it, it reproduces. Because that's how that's how reproduction works. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> that's just flinging living objects at each other. That's how you reproduce, <laughs> obviously. But but that uh that You're little mindless mini game would know. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I waited until my wife was really pregnant, and then I just was like, I threw myself at her, and the baby just popped out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amazing. And that is Balan Wonder World. Woo. Not to be confused with like the way more like uh, logical title Balan Wonderland, because Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. right? rolls off the tongue yeah. better. Yes. Well, it's just like how they didn't call Wreck It Ralph two Ralph wrecks the internet. They called it Ralph breaks the internet, and it was the dumbest decision Disney's made in a while. No, that's not true. They make dumb decisions all the time. That's true. Yeah. All right. So I played me some Star Wars Republic Commando, which, as of recording, the review I wrote up went out today, and. Going from Returnal to that is, like, such a shift, <laughs> because Returnal is this beautifully smooth, very quick, third-person shooter, and then I went into this shooter from 2005, where I, if there is a run button, I could not find it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so slow, and everything is so bullet-spongy, and, like... Even putting it on easy, my, like, you have AI companions, you know? And even putting it on easy, they died constantly. And so mm. I spent half my time just making them get up, and then they would get hit by three attacks and die again. And part of me knows that this is just, it's an old game, and that how be how old game are sometimes. But I... I don't hate it, but as someone with no nostalgia for that game or that era of shooters, I just couldn't. That's a shame, because I actually had a bit of high hopes for the remake, remaster, whatever they're calling it. I actually, and I think the most accurate thing to call it would be a port. Yeah, I actually had some high hopes for that. I hoped they would have fixed some of the issues with the original game, and it doesn't really sound like they did that. Um, and I didn't realize until after I had already like submitted my review and it had gone out, but there was originally a multiplayer component to the game, which is not there anymore. Uh, bummer. That's yeah, actually which a bummer. Yeah, kind of sucks. And so I, I, I played it on PlayStation 5, and I don't know if this is an issue across all versions, but every time I hit a checkpoint, you know, like, where it's like, ah, oh, yes, you've reached the spot, autosave, um, it stuttered like it would freeze up for a solid two seconds but if i had been moving it would have like the screen froze but my character kept moving so it would jump to where i was those two seconds later oh. which was quite disorienting because the checkpoint could happen while i was shooting at something which meant it i might just be wasting bullets which kind of sucked <laughs> especially since Ammo is so sparse for being a cover shooter. And I spent probably about a quarter of the time I was playing reduced 
to a little pea shooter that does nothing. Oh. And the worst moment I had is I loaded in to, like, went through an actual load screen and, like, dropped into the new area. And the, um, my buddies all, you know, ran ahead of me because they do that. They just, they go, I know they can go, they can heal by themselves. They, like, go over to the little healing station and take care of themselves. But even when they have low health, unless I tell them to, they will charge ahead to the next fight unless there's like a closed door preventing them from doing so. And it's so frustrating because I know they can heal on their own. I've seen them do it, but they just don't <laughs> most of the time. But I had a moment where they all, you know, charged ahead and I had no bullets. So I stayed back and looked around for maybe there's some ammo right at the beginning of this area. And there wasn't. And by the time I got there with my little pea shooter, they were all dead. Oh, gosh. And so I have my pea shooter that does nothing, and I'm trying to take out multiple flying enemies, and you can guess how well that went. <laughs> it sounds like uh, the AI doesn't know when to stop. <laughs> I, aren't yeah. you supposed to be, if I remember the game correctly, a little bit of like a tactical leader? So you give them orders? Yes, but there is, um, I believe there is, like, a command to, like, come group up, but it's not as easy to get to as some of the other commands. Because a lot of the commands are, you look at the thing and you hit X and it's like, ah, yes, they go and put the bomb on the barricade, or they go man the turret, which, the turret is incredibly overpowered and I wanted more of them, but there weren't many. Um... <laughs> So there, there is a command to call them back, but it's really clunky to do. And in a lot of cases, they've already engaged. And if they come running back, the enemies are going to follow them. So what's the point? Um, it was also really frustrating that, you know, they'd have these healing stations. And um, you would tell one of your guys to go heal himself. There's only one healing station. And so he takes up the entire thing. And you've got three guys at half health. So you get one healed, then you gotta call the other one back to heal, then call the other one back to heal. And then you probably gotta heal yourself too, so it just takes a while. There were a few spots where it's like, ah, three healing machines in a row, and it was heaven. Because <laughs> <laughs> I could just make them all heal up at once. Gosh, it feels like so archaic. Yeah. Which I don't blame it that much. It's from 2005. Like, it was an original Xbox title. It's not surprising that it's got some jank. I just think it doesn't hold up well, which is unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Like, like most console shooters from that age. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, like I said, I've got no nostalgia from the game because I didn't watch Star Wars in its entirety until I was in college. So I didn't play any Star Wars games growing up. I also didn't play shooters until I was in like high school and college so in 2005 when i was in the fifth grade i have no nostalgia for titles of that era stop mel you're making me feel old oh my gosh yeah i graduated <laughs> high school in 04 so i'm like wow oh yeah, man I, I was um class of 13 <laughs> oh. i'm a baby well Ooh. Unlike the other, I didn't realize we had, like, all of our PlayStation 5 owners in Big Daddy Gaming here today. Uh, but unlike the other two, I play, I was playing a new Resident Evil game. 
You were. Ooh. You're playing. The, you were going and hanging out with Vampire Mom. Yes, and uh, not to be lewd, but level. Vampire Mom, please step on me and chain me to the wall again. Uh <laughs> you and half the internet. For real. Listen, when I told my friends I was reviewing that game, and they're like, how many hours are you into it? And I told them, I think I'm entering the last area of the game now. Like, that's where mm -hmm. I'm at now. Uh, but when I told them where I was, they're like, so is Vampire Mom's butt as big as it looked in the trailer? And I'm like, and I just told them, I'm like, I don't know how to answer that for you, and I think I need some new friends. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, I get it, <laughs> because half the internet is thirsty for Vampire Mom. Uh, but... I love I love the environments. I've loved the environments I've been in so far. Uh, there's been some great improvements to the game. Like, uh, your map will tell you... Will highlight areas that you've missed items in. Mm, that's nice. So, uh, if you're coming to, like, an area where you need a puzzle item yet to get past a key or something... Well, the map's gonna show you areas in red that you don't have all the items from... So you have an idea where to go back to. Um, I liked that. That is nice. I really liked that. I wish the game was scarier. I realize I haven't finished it yet. But it's really leaned heavily on jump scares over outright terror. So mm. there's a lot of like jump scares and there's like some chase sections. and It just... They've taken like the seven route with this game more so it's more of like an action game over truly scary which that i guess is surprise me yeah which i guess is fine i mean you play as the guy from seven right. uh and seven was incredibly well received at the yeah time, and so. seven was that it was more action than horror and that's fine but I would have liked this to take a step back and go for more real horror instead of, oh no, I'm wandering through, through this castle, castle and all of a sudden one of the daughters shows up in a swarm of flies because vampires turn into flies in this series or whatever. And, and uh, You could say they're the Lord of the Flies. <laughs> and, all, and all of a sudden... I, and all of a sudden, she's chasing me, which is like, all right, I didn't expect her to show up. But at the same time, I know because of the type of game it is now, that if she's there, I must be able to beat her there. Or she's going to chase me to an area where I can beat her. Versus games where, like, you were intended to run away from those targets and just avoid them. Right. Because it was more survival. This isn't as survival horror as Resident Evil used to be. It's, I, I haven't had an issue with supplies. Uh, they're literally everywhere. Um, I like the shopkeeper. We have a traveling shopkeeper similar to the black cloaked merchant, merchant, except he's this big guy named Duke. And when I say big, like he looks like he looks like he's a complete sphere. Like he's a globe shape. Um, Large man. He he's fat enough to deflect bullets. I'm gonna admit the first time I saw him, I shot him. 
<laughs> I mean, you gotta test what you can. The game wants to get like, away like with. my immediate thought was, can I kill the shopkeeper? The answer is no. Mm -hmm. The answer is no. His fat deflects your bullet, and he just laughs yeah, that that's a mighty fine weapon you got there. Pretty much. Okay, I, I and, gave up on ever trying to kill shopkeepers after I pl first played Spelunky. And I'm just like, man, what a cheeky bastard. And then he shows up in some locations. And I'm just like, how did you fit in now? Like the first room you see. <laughs> oh. The first room you see him in after in Vampire Mommy's castle, like you meet him right out of her outside of her castle. Mm -hmm. And then he's in a room in there later. And I'm just looking at the room and there's this big alcove that fits him. And I'm just like, is is this room designed just to fit you? Like, does she know you're here? Uh <laughs> Because literally, he, literally, he fits perfectly <laughs> in there. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm playing on the standard difficulty. No, I'm not a hardcore gamer for this. I, I want to get through it. I'm enjoying my time. Um, I know some people that are playing on the harder difficulties, but like they, like I said, the horror element's gone. It's just more action and resource management. The higher you get up. Uh, right. On a standard difficulty, there's not much resource management, um, especially if you have the day one edition of the game, because uh, Duke would just Duke would just give you like a ton of pistol ammo and some med kits and all that. Like the first time you meet him, it's just literally him giving you like two or three medicine, two or three medicine pack things and. Uh, like, 60 pistol ammo for free. Which, of and course... you're the sugar baby. Yes, yeah. He, he's, my, he's my sugar daddy. Because he gives me all these survival things for free. Yeah, and, that's how they get you, though, with the first one being free. Yeah, that's how they get you. Exactly. Uh, but even then, um, I didn't even have an issue with money when I had to buy supplies. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know if I really wish there was a little bit more resource scarcity. It felt like almost every room I walked into either had an herb for making no more healing items, or it had ammo or a component for making ammo. Because apparently we're magic and sh can just craft bullets out of scrap metal and gunpowder with our bare hands. Uh <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, but listen, <laughs> listen, listen, uh, <laughs> this poor guy, Ethan, between these two games, has had so many body parts cut off from him, so many fingers been. cut off from him, and at some point, I'm suspending, I'm not going to be able to suspend disbelief anymore, and I'm pretty sure, uh, spoiler for anyone that wants to play the game, yeah, really minor spoiler though, uh, he gets his hand completely cut off. Because Vampire Mommy's into some kinky shit, apparently. Uh, Did he get his hand completely cut off in the first one? And then yes. he got sewed back on? Yes, yeah. yes. Alright, alright, alright. In, in, in 7, he gets his hand cut off. And it's sewed back on. Which makes a lot yeah, more Makes a lot and more sense. And then he sex. has, like, the little thing with, like, you can, like, check his health and stuff right there. It's, like, yeah. implanted into his skin. L little, little, uh... Little more realistic in real life. If you 
cut your hand off, they'll be attached it the same way. They'll stitch it back together onto you. Not in this game. You don't got time for realism. Uh, because Vampire Mommy's chasing you through her castle. So you grab your severed hand. <laughs> and book it. And while you're riding an elevator up. You just take one of your healing items. Like that healing juice. And just shove it back on. Using the healing juice. And it works completely fine. And I'm just like. I, literally at that point, I'm like, I cannot suspend disbelief. I work Man, in the medical field. Son. I work in the yeah. I, I work in the medical field. I'm like, that is bullshit. Whatever fucking medicine he's concocting on the fly, we need in real life because that shit's not only fixing his hand. By the way, it repairs the sleeve of his jacket. <laughs> so, it's vampire mob blood. That's what that is. No, no, it, it's just. It's just herbs. It's made out of herbs that you that you find, just like in the in seven. So he gets his hand sliced off by Vampire Mommy's long ass claws, and just reattaches it by sprinkling some magic ass water on his on his arm. And I'm just like, no, I'm so I I stop my play session I don't know what now. You're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about, man. This sounds like a ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped, I stopped my play session there for that night. I'm like, no, that's bullshit. We'll come back to this tomorrow. <laughs> when yeah, I'm just, ready. Uh, just when I'm the genre is speculative fiction. And, well, you know, I want to know, at this point, you're also missing some hands on your left. You're missing some fingers on your left hand. You know, because Ethan's prone to losing appendages in this, in these games. And It, it seems the big meme is the bad things happening to Ethan's hands. And... And, I mean, he technically still has one of those fingers on him. So why doesn't he, at this point in the game where he's reattaching his hand, so why doesn't he put that finger back on? <laughs> like... He, he was he was distracted by <laughs> Vampire Mommy's tig bitties. So, <laughs> so I'm putting the... Uh, oh, don't worry, her daughters do not shy away from overly sexualized uh, wardrobes either. And they get in your face. Um, <laughs> but I'm sitting there... Good for them. I, I, I'm sitting there playing through this. And I'm just like... And Ethan would be dead by this by now. He'd be... He absolutely has blood poisoning. He's dead in two days. Like, if nothing's done. The man's done. got dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> this, man has, this man is septic by now. I'm sorry, your magic water does, is not the cure... And some dirty-ass bags you found were not the cure for your fi missing fingers. I'm sorry, Ethan. But, like, this is all within the first four hours of the game, pretty much. Like, this all happens in the first four hours of the game, which was my first play session. And I'm just like, like, what the hell is going on with this guy? And I want an answer to it this time. I want an answer because he's gone through some mighty... Big abuse, sickle scythe claw things going through his legs. He literally takes a three-story drop and does not land solidly. That he should have like a shattered leg. <laughs> and he yeah, walks he away. Should have had a soft landing on a car instead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hell, uh, based on how he landed after jumping down three stories, landing on a car would have been better. At least a car has some give to it. This guy landed on solid concrete floor. 
Jeez. And he is fine, guys. He is one hundred percent fine. People in fiction land on land on water all the time, like uh, like and the, and they and they they shake it off like it it's, it doesn't feel like concrete. So. Yeah. I will say you did mention that it's not as scary as you would have liked, but lest we forget RE6, <laughs> like we could have so much worse. <laughs> What do you mean? Punching the boulder is the, mo the most amazing scene of in the entire series. <laughs> yeah, we could have worse, and I don't really hate the series that um, Resident Evil is taking. It's just not going to be the series I go to for scary games anymore, unless they make a change, because it's action horror, not stealth survival horror. Right, and it's just dependent on which kind of horror is your cup of tea more. Yeah. If if I'm playing a horror game, I want to be scared. I want like layers of fear horror. I don't want vampire mo mommy shoving her truckload of an ass <laughs> in my face. Scary. <laughs> and that might be scary to some people. But... Listen, uh, the internet <laughs> begs to differ. They they are all over. They are all over vampire mommy. And the I, I feel like the trailer is the exact the how they showed her in the trailer is the exact same introduction cutscene you get from her you meet her earlier but she's like on the other side of a boom from you mm -hmm. you meet her earlier than that but you don't get an actual like introduction to her until she's basically uh getting up out of that chair and her ass takes up half of your screen um, <laughs> so there yeah. so there you go internet uh vampire mommy's ass is as big as it looks in the trailer <laughs> if not bigger <laughs> i mean i'm playing on a 70 inch tv and man did oh, it gosh. take man did it take up some space so there you go internet you'll be happy with that the game's fun i would recommend it it's longer than re7 re7 i would have had done by now uh from what I've been hearing from people, average playtime is 10 to 12 hours. Um, and then there's other stuff that you can do with it. There's other modes after it, like a score attack mode and stuff like that. There's um, always New Game Plus. Yeah, and then there's New Game Plus on the harder difficulties. You unlock, if you play the game on hard, you unlock Villager Shadows difficulty. Unless you bought the Deluxe Edition, which gives it to you off the bat. So you can hit yourself immediately. With very scarce resources and everything. I I will not... I will probably not replay the game after I'm done with it. Um, because I'm not going to try for, like, Village of Shadows unless I was going to stream it or something. No fun in that challenge for me. But it is, right. a good, it is a fun game. I would recommend it wholeheartedly if you liked 7. Because if you liked all 7, you're going to like this game because it's... It expands upon RE7 a lot. Plus, e poor Ethan having to go through it again. Go through all of this bullshit again. Just... He really do be going through it. <laughs> he he makes a comment about it, too. He's just like, not this shit again. And I'm just like, yep, I, I feel the same way, Ethan, but we got about another ten hours of this shit. Let's get moving. <laughs> now, I all hear right. there is a, a rather particularly uh, gruesome scene um involving his daughter is that correct like uh you might be referring to the start of the game the very opening cutscene 
I don't know how spoilerly you guys want this. Um, um, I'm just—I was just asking, like, on a scale of like one to ten, how gruesome is that for someone who recently just had a daughter, a baby daughter? I mean, oh. De- <laughs> Derek, you'd probably finish the game in six hours. You'd be running so hard, um, <laughs> because because uh, in RE Seven, you're looking for your wife. In RE Eight, right. you're going to rescue your daughter. So Derek would be booking it hardcore through everything he wouldn't even take time to look at vampire mommy he'd just be like all right let's get going i gotta find my daughter um dad mode activated yeah yeah dad mode activated he don't got any time to be looking at thirsty vampire mommies (laughs) and and her vampire daughters because man that's a whole i I'm, i'm talking to my one friend about this and i'm like i'm glad they continued the tradition of family genocide all of them. Because All Ethan, them. Ethan is very is really committing family genocide here, just like he did in just like he did in seven. He's committing family genocide here, so it, it's a good thing he knows what he's about. <laughs> he's doing it for his family, but he has no there's no gray morals here for him. It's literally he's doing it for his family, but he's also like a serial killer by law standards. I don't care if he's doing it for his daughter or not. He's... I think by the end of this game, he's gonna have a body count of 15 people or something. I mean, That's like what the game's ramping up to. That. Yeah, that's what the game's ramping to. And that's not I mean, even, like, converted village people that you end up having <laughs> to kill. That's just... That's just normal human being people he's murdered. See... Do we know if the Geneva Conventions exist in the world of Resident Evil? Yes. Because if they don't, there's no such thing as a war crime. No, no. The they... Umbrella Corporation is able to get away with like everything we've done so far. So um, Umbrella Corporation uh, works outside of the Geneva Convention. And until the virus got released in like 4, Resident Evil 4 or 5... They were, like, pretty under the radar. Like, they were a hidden corporation, kind of. They were listed as a pharmaceuticals corporation, but this stuff wasn't known. This is a bit more than <laughs> drugs. <laughs> yeah, they, they were working on a little bit of biological weaponry there. So I would say the Geneva Convention <laughs> definitely does exist in this world. <laughs> Uh, and Ethan is committing all the war crimes, going to other countries and committing straight-up genocide. (laughs) I don't know, I- Yeah, it's- that's about all I have to say on it. It's- it's a fun game. Get it, guys. Really fun. We wanna get into the news? Yeah. Alright, so, first thing I've got here is that- uh, let me double check and clarify who exactly said this. Uh, former retro lead says the Switch, Metroid Prime trilogy, he doubts it could come to the Switch because the Wii controls would require a Herculean effort to port. And like, I haven't played Metroid Prime, but if they can figure out Skyward Sword, I think they can figure out this. I mean, uh, has anyone else here played Metro Prime? Because I've I played um one like one and three multiple times. So I I have as well. I really don't think 
it would be that hard. I really don't think it would. And I mean, like, like Skyward Sword, just like being like a, like a ten-year-old Switch game being sold for sixty dollars probably like tells you a lot about the amount of effort it actually takes. Yeah, I mean, you got to take into account that the guy that they talked to hasn't really worked with Nintendo in years either, like over a decade. So he really has no idea, in my opinion anyway, what Nintendo is willing to do. I mean, they ported Mario Galaxy up and and did the motion controls for that. We did the Wii controls for that. So I think I unfortunately haven't tried out the like the Joy Cons um, for that, but like uh, like I I'm like I kind of I kind of feel like there be have to be like a very like high like incredibly high level of like uh, precision to allow like the Joy Cons to like uh, to like um, to, to allow the Joy Cons alone to be your aiming device for like a uh, uh, like a thirty hour first person shooter, you know? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I haven't played them, but I find it unlikely that we will not see some form of Metroid Prime coming to the Switch before 4 comes out, given that it's basic the Metroid Prime series is at this point at least two generations old depending on how you count, so it's unlikely a lot of people who would pick up 4 may not have played the original ones, you know? So they're going to want to get people invested before getting him into four and what what better way to do that it'd be like here you can have three games for sixty dollars instead of just one and you know people well i mean like they they put the they put the metro the metroid 2 remake on the 3ds and you can't play uh metroid like you can't play like um met like the like the, the previous like metroid games that easily on 3ds so i i just I don't know. I really think that if Nintendo wanted to do it, it would happen regardless of the effort it would take. And I do think that with uh, Metroid Prime 4 being confirmed as a thing, that we will most likely see a trilogy remaster of some sort. I don't think Nintendo is going to go into Metroid Prime Prime 4, expecting people to just pick it up and start from there, unless they market it like that. And they're not marketing it like that. So... I I don't know. Mm. I really really think that the guy they talked to, while yes, he's worked with Nintendo before, is a little out of the loop as far as what it would take to port motion controls and map them to a Joy-Con, especially since the Joy-Con has better motion control support than a Wii. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if, like, we've seen a lot of delays with Metroid Prime 4, and I'm pretty sure it's mostly just because they announced it way earlier than they should have. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. I, I would not be surprised if they have to delay it again. They cushion a blo- the blow with Trilogy is coming. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised either. I wouldn't be surprised if we see, even if they don't pre-release a Trilogy, 
I wouldn't be surprised if they announce one to launch aside it. Yeah, I could totally see that, you know, um, say either this year or next E3, be like, you know, Metroid Prime 4 coming out um, November 2022, and you can download the Metroid Prime Trilogy remastered today. I could totally see that happening. Yeah, if it happens, I feel like it's going to be one of those things where they drop it fairly short notice. Like Origami King, they announced, what, like two, three months before it actually came out? It was if, not that if long. That, between... they... <laughs> if that. Yeah, it, yeah. it was and not E3 long. E3 is next between... month. You know, E3 is next month, so you never know. And Nintendo is going to do a big presentation for that. They said, Nintendo already said, no, no, Derek, don't you do that throwing money around sign. Don't you do it. Every E3, oh. I'm just like, every E3, I'm like, Nintendo, stop! My wallet can only take so much abuse this year. Oh, no, I, I understand. <laughs> the worst thing to happen is when directs fall on payday. <sighs> oh, no, no, when pre-orders open on payday. After yeah, directs, so... that's also the worst thing to happen. Uh... Um... That generally covers that, though. I, I yeah. think I, I just think he's a little out of his depth on that. I, I think it's a neat interview for them to do, but they would have been better getting somebody that worked on, like, the Galaxy port to interview instead, who has a better mm -hmm. idea of what it takes to do that. Yeah, well, speaking of games that got announced way too early, we found out that Overwatch 2 still exists. Really? They, la la. They, they brought up that name that has not been heard in some time. <laughs> and, uh, shocker, guys, but Overwatch 2 is going to have player versus player content. My God. Got the front door. Yeah, yeah, and, and they're going to show some of that off. And, yeah, unless they show off a new character, it ain't gonna matter. You're not gonna re- They already said they're not revamping the current characters, really. So, See, the only what do, thing that what do you have to show to... me gameplay-wise? The only thing that could potentially get me into Overwatch again, which I have not played it since, like, a year after launch. The only thing that could get me back into it is if they have a legit story mode because they have all these characters with really interesting backstories and relationships between each other and all of the content about that is outside of the game. What are you talking about? Overwatch learned from Destiny. There's an entire website dedicated to Overwatch lore. You want it? It's all there. Go read it. That's what they're going to tell you. What is this, Mal in Wonderworld? Also TF2. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. It, this is Battle in Wonderworld, this is TF2, this is both the Destiny games. The bulk of the story is outside of the game, and the developers tell you if you want to read it, it's there for you. And if you don't want to read it, then don't read it. Well, but to I... be fair though, like with the TF2 comics, like it was like, uh, it was like um, commissioned to like uh, completely like outside studio, you know, and uh, to and they they did manage to knock it out of the park with what they had, you know. Oh yeah, definitely. The TF2 comics I were mean... great. And the Destiny site is a real good read, but you have to play a lot of Destiny cuz you can only read the lore for the cards you found in game. 
So you have to. Oh, so you have to play a lot of Destiny if you want to read that lore. And I don't know. I prefer my games to have the stories inside of them. <laughs> I mean, Balan's interesting. This is why I don't play live service bullshit. <laughs> Balan's interesting, though. I'd love to get a hold of that book and read that. But I wouldn't ever play the game because it sounds like all the story I need is in the book. And <laughs> That's fair. Fact of the matter is, we all know that they announced Overwatch 2 just to distract from the Hong Kong controversy. Like, we should have been finding out about this for the first time now. That's just the same. When it's that... clearly much deeper in development and they actually have something going on. Same with the, yeah. uh, Diablo, what is it? Diablo Immortals, I believe? The mm -hmm. mobile game that they're making? <laughs> They've announced that. You guys have phones, don't you? <laughs> listen, listen, I am not looking stuff up on the fly. This is this is my memory at work. I believe that's what they called it. And they announced that way too early, too. That's still in development years later. And it, again, just announced to distract from controversy. Mm. So they wouldn't have to issue another half-assed apology. Ugh. Another? Did they ever really apologize? Did they ever admit wrongdoing? Listen, listen, no. listen. He got up on stage <laughs> and gave us a really good half-assed apology. I'm gonna give the PR team some real good credit there. If you guys do not know what I'm talking about, you need to go fi find out what I'm talking about because that apology was top-notch. <laughs> like. It literally was them apologizing while taking zero blame. Yeah, it was... Per it's not the worst handling of a controversy I've seen, but it was not anywhere near the top. It, they, they're like, they're basically like, this isn't our fault, but I guess I'll apologize. And I'm like, oh <laughs> that's the tone I got from it, because it's a lot of, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for this and that, and we'll do better... But at the same time, it's zero, zero of anything that they should be apologizing for. And it's zero blame. We regret that you felt that way. Yeah, yeah, that's basically it. We regret that you felt hurt by our actions. I was about to say, it sounds like they're like, I'm sorry that you're upset. Yeah, I'm sorry you're upset. Now, yep. here, now here's Overwatch 2 and Blizzard's Immortal and uh, Diablo Immortal <laughs> announcement. <laughs> so we don't have to apologize anymore because you're too busy being upset that we haven't released those games yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, last week we had a uh, meme story about something that's expensive than it needed to be. Uh, we have that again. Two in a row. Uh, there is a calculator app game thing for the Nintendo Switch, that is ten dollars. And I, I guess it's aimed. I guess it's aimed at the same people who like uh, use the Smash Bros. Ultimate as like an actual music player to listen to the music in, in Smash. <laughs> I, I said this in chat when I saw this article, and I'm gonna say it again. I don't know if I'm more offended that somebody thought we needed a calculator app for the Switch, or that they have the audacity to charge ten dollars for a calculator app on the Switch. <laughs> they must have some mighty big pockets because where do they keep all the audacity 
<laughs> I don't know, maybe right next to where they're keeping the pride after they shoved out all the shame. Yeah, it appears to be something from uh, a known shovelware developer, so I'm not surprised that they would pull something like this. I'm surprised Nintendo know... let them do something like yeah, exactly. this. Exactly, <laughs> it's like, how did Nintendo let them get away with this? For $10, it better have full touchscreen support. Uh, it better have touchscreen support, it better be able to act as a graphing calculator, it, it better be able to do things that, because otherwise I'm just using to... my phone for a calculator. My oh wait, I think I figured to... out one, one reason you'd want to pay $10 for it, because like you can bring it to work and then you can tell your boss, hey look, it's my new calculator. Oh jeez. <laughs> For $10, my sister should be able to take the Switch, set it on top of her SAT, and have the Switch do it for her. Like, I really want to know what the market was. Like, is, like you were saying, you know, is this like a graphing calculator? Is this the Texas Instruments TI-83 that we have there? All, all we have is the basic image they have of it in the article, which... Looks to be like a slightly more advanced calculator because it looks like it's going to be able to do angles in that. Like Sokotoa measurements in that, if you guys remember that from geometry. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, it looks like it's going to be able to do stuff like that. But if it's not a graphing calculator, it shouldn't be on the Switch. I'm just saying that if you've yeah, gone you... bare bones calculator... Guys, just yeah. justify using Wolfram Alpha and telling your teacher that you're using it as a calculator on your phone. It's free, it's like math Google, it's perfect, and they could have easily put that on the Switch instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, it, I mean, there's... Oh, sorry, go ahead, now. Yeah, it's, uh, from what I can tell, it looks like it's capable of trig, but it's not going to do any graphing, and God forbid you try to do calculus. <laughs> I mean, I want some like sine, cosine, tangent. I, yeah, I want all of that. I want it to be able to solve those problems for me. Well, apparently, it's going to be able to do that. Just don't ask it to graph those problems for you. <laughs> yeah, it's thing expensive, thing dumb. That's the extent of it. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty um, much. In another thing, wow, these things, these stories are flowing together really nicely in the order I've put them in. Uh, another thing that the prices are getting ridiculous on, uh, P uh, Pokemon cards are starting to get pulled from stores because people are going nuts over Pokemon cards and other cards and all the cards. So, so I know a little bit about this because Target wasn't the first one to do it. It's just the one we flagged this week. Um, so, retail chains are starting to target trading card games and removing them from their stores. Uh, Walmart had an article late last week that, like, literally the day we were going to record, so it did not make it into the podcast, about it, how they are targeting, how they were originally, uh, some stores are refusing restock on trading cards for walmart yeah target seems to be doing the same thing how they're gonna stop stocking trading cards as well and then i mentioned this uh earlier today i saw a new article from walmart that they're gonna put up like those security cases they put 
expensive items in for like magic cards and that. Uh, yeah. And I'm just like, I'm sitting here like, why? Card theft has always been an issue, okay? Like, let's not pretend people steal those products all the time. Well, it's not about them getting stolen. It's about bites, from what I can see. Oh, like, well, yeah. A guy yeah. bought a bunch of cards. Like, in the state I'm in, a guy bought a bunch of cards, walked out into the parking lot, and got assaulted by two other guys who wanted his cards. And these were not 15-year-olds, like you would think. These were 30-year-old men. Listen, listen. 15-year-olds <laughs> can't afford to play Magic. Magic is a, an expensive card game. <laughs> Minimum decks like four hundred dollars these days. Magic's expensive. Kids can't afford to play it. And I'm I'm considering that most trading card games don't exist for children anymore. They exist for adults, young adults now. I have to agree with you because back in high school, so this is like two thousand two, I spent like sixty dollars on an all black magic deck. And I was like Oh my gosh, it was like all of my allowance for like three months. Yeah. And then after I got it, I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen. What have I done? You're, you're doing, you're, you're talking about buying a whole deck for $60. I literally walked into a card shop the other week to play at a local magic event. And I dropped a hundred dollars on like 15 cards. Like you're talking about a whole deck. I'm talking yeah. about upgrades for a deck I already had. Like, oh my gosh, times have changed since the last time I played. That, listen, listen. Uh, I also I also play Yu-Gi-Oh, and I had one of my friends contact me and ask if I wanted to buy his bulk, and he has some cards in his collection that are worth two hundred and some dollars. Like, and I'm like, Ooh. no. I, I asked him, "What do you want for it?" And I'm just like, "No, <laughs> not right now, anyway." <laughs> I have to work a ton of overtime to get that money together because his collection's worth like $1,200. Like, he doesn't want that. He only wants half. Right. But that's still $600. Oh, <laughs> and, yeah, like, people don't understand. Like, they see these trading cards and they think of them as for kids. But kids aren't the ones playing them anymore. It's 20, 30, 40 year olds playing these games, dropping real money. Uh, in right. magic, in magic, you can have competitive cards go for like eighty dollars a pop. Like, mm -hmm. it's people dropping real, real serious money on this game, and well, I I believe fights would break out over it. I've seen them at my own local stores. We had, we used to have three convenience stores in the area that sold trading cards. Now only Walmart does it because they had fights. They've had people fighting over limited print content and it's it's ridiculous i i don't get why people act like that i'm not that kind of player i'll just go buy it online whatever <laughs> yeah but yeah, well from my understanding what's caused this recent surge is a bunch of high profile people started doing card opening things during the pandemic and like touting uh, yes, I got this pack and it was worth blah 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 and like completely actually over exaggerating the price. Not to say that cards can't be worth a lot, 
but it was like I opened these 10 packs and it was worth 3k or something like that like completely going way Yeah, yeah, let me worth. let me let me and tell so now you. And people are seeing it as a get rich quick scheme basically. Yeah, you see I've been seeing that a lot too ever since those videos went live. Uh it's near impossible to buy cords at my local Walmart. They're always mm -hmm. out of stock. And I know when the restock times are. Like, my brother works for that Walmart. I know when the vendor shows up. And I could get there, like, 20 minutes after the vendor leaves, and they're sold out already. Jeez. Uh, because you have people, like, uh, what's, let's see, Post Malone just bought, like, $2,000, $3,000 in Magic cards. What? Uh, Jake Paul just bought, like, <laughs> Uh, like Names five you grand. Don't expect to be combined. Like fit, like five grand in magic cards, and did a bunch of opening videos, and yeah, you can and you... claim it's worth eight hundred grand. They, yeah, yeah, they cl they claim like they're pulling like these super rare cards that are worth a lot of money, and then nine times out of ten, you're watching their videos, and they're pulling like five cent cards that they're saying are worth thirty dollars a piece, and right. it's. They have no idea what they're talking about, but the fact that their names are big makes people believe them when they say they're worth money. Um, and it's just, it, it's caused a lot of issues, and I, I'm i sad to see retailers having to take steps like the that. Hit. Yeah, because... I think we saw the rumblings of this when McDonald's had their Pokemon oh. cards and the Happy Meals. Oh my so gosh. Oh my gosh, And now it's oh kind yeah. of reaching ahead. Because McDonald's was giving away limited edition Pokemon cards, as they occasionally do. Yeah, this and happens every 5-10 every... years or so. Yeah, yeah, they occasionally give out, like, packs of Pokemon cards in their Happy Meals. And it's, like, limited edition stuff. They used to do Yu-Gi-Oh! too, but they don't anymore. Uh, and yeah, you were having people fighting over Happy Meals in the parking lot, and... Because they wanted those limited edition cards... To the point that uh, the companies printing those cards had to print more because demand got so high that kids <laughs> couldn't even get the cards. <laughs> kids couldn't even get the cards they were supposed to be getting, guys. Because people were going and buying like 20 Happy Meals just to get these cards. Gosh. Yeah, I, I know <laughs> how the McDonald's like rush to get the Happy Meal can be. Because I worked at McDonald's during um, the time that the Minions movie came out. I'm so sorry to hear that. No. And I was there when they had the um, the toy that like sounded like it was swearing or saying a slur or something. And, you know, the second <laughs> that gets recalled, everyone wants it. And that was including my dad, because my dad literally had a collection of recalled toys, like the Tickle Me Elmo that looks like it's self-filating and things like that, you know? And so... That's that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we, we still have all of them. But my dad was like, can you get me one? And I was like, no, we get like two of the toys per week, and those didn't hit rotation for us until they were would have been recalled so i never even like laid hands on one but he was like i need you to find me one 
I need you to find me one of these swearing minion toys. I need it. Exactly! It was the fact that it potentially did something naughty and you couldn't have it that made him want it. <laughs> you know, now I kind of want one of those swearing minion toys. I'll have to go oh see God, how much so they cost. <laughs> like, you can find them sometimes online and they're so expensive. And in I... general, those ones go for a lot. My mom had... um one of them and what she did was she took it and like my mom would get a happy meal because you know that's like actually the appropriate calories for an adult or whatever and so she'd get her toy and she used to like just you know stick them on the dash of her car and stick them in weird places and she had one of the minions that she stuck um in between the like it was held in place between the roof of the car and her rear view mirror just like wedged up in there <laughs> and so the greatest thing ever is they, like, were one of those, you shake it or you hit it, and it, like, says something toys, right? And so she'd go over a bump, and it would say something. Or my sister would slam the car door because she was mad at my mom, and it would laugh. And, oh. she, <laughs> and she thought it was the greatest thing ever. She loved this. And the batteries died, eventually, you know? And I tried to find her one, like, three years after it had happened. And I couldn't. It was, like... Ten dollars, and I was like, I'm not paying ten to thirty dollars for a fucking McDonald's toy. <laughs> I mean, you should, and then you stick it away until it's like twenty, twenty uh, years later, and then it's worth like a hundred dollars because it's twenty year old toy. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I know there are people who collect McDonald's toys. That is something people I, like. My grandmother used to collect Beanie Babies, and you'd be surprised how expensive some of those mcdonald's ones ended yeah. up and she had like all of them when uh we when she passed and we had to clean out her house she had like three uh, curio cabinets just stuffed to the brim with beanie babies that i still have in a box somewhere like because i went to price some of them and some of them are like 200 300 and i'm like mm -hmm. i need to sell these but i never have time to list that stuff whenever i think of beanie babies being expensive all i can think about is that picture of the couple that was in the divorce case and they had the pile of beanie babies in the courtroom and they were each like picking them like they were picking players for the kickball team in elementary school <laughs> Amazing. The 90s such a weird time, thinking about those it beanie was. babies. It was wild. I, I didn't even know my grandmother collected those things until she passed. Because she would always just meet us somewhere. We didn't go to her house. and It's just like, curio cabinets full of them. And now I have a giant cardboard box full of them. And I don't know what to do with those, but... That's your retirement plan. <laughs> that has to be my retirement plan. I'll sit down and sell them at some point. But until then, I, I don't know what to do with them. I don't know. But I think we got a little off topic talking about collecting toys <laughs> well, actually, when we were talking you, about you expensive. You created me an excellent segue because speaking of things <laughs> from the 80s and 90s that we're really nostalgic for, um, we have a story about the Oregon Trail. Oh, games. yeah, we do. That's... Um. <laughs> So this wasn't something that we had, like, discussed in the group chat or anything. This was something I came across this morning when I was assembling what we were going to talk about. And so I'm big nostalgic for Oregon Trail, like a lot of kids my age were. 
and um there's been a couple reboots in the past 10 years or so like there were like the initial four editions and then they stopped for a while and then they did it and then they stopped and they did it again you know well there's a brand new version out on apple arcade and what i thought was really cool was that they actually did way more research this time it which like the games were always heavily research driven because they are educational games duh uh, but this time they actually brought in consultants from Native American groups because Native American representation has always been one of the weakest points of the Oregon Trail series. Yeah, it definitely always has. so much speaking in broken English and when, when in a lot of cases a lot of Native Americans in that area were, era were multilingual and it was really cool to see the the effort being put in especially since the developer is australian yeah uh i i really liked uh the part in the article where the developer really wanted to put bows and arrows in the game and the consultants were just like don't put bows and arrows in the game native americans during this time would have been using rifles to hunt yeah like it's not historically accurate. Don't do it. Or yeah. they were talking about uh, how all the Native Americans in the game had braids, and the consult one consultant was like, maybe they don't have to all have braided hair because not all Native American tribes did that. And right, it's just these stereotypes are so strong that like they have to be like, actually, no. That thing yeah. you really want to put in should not be in there. But it was really neat. I don't know if Solo or Derek has gotten a chance to read that article yet. Um, I did a little bit. I skimmed through it a little. I will say it did make me redeem my free uh, Apple Arcade trial to try the game out. <laughs> Is it fun? Um, I haven't gotten very far because I died of dysentery. I was naughty, and I was looking at I was being naughty, <laughs> and I was looking at articles when I was technically during work hours. Um, uh, so I I didn't get a chance to play very much of it. Um, but what I have played has been interesting, so maybe I'll have some things to say about it next week. But, I just um, I just assumed you died of dysentery in like week three. <laughs> you can you can die of dysentery. Uh, there is a um, there's like a prologue section, and one of my guys immediately broke his leg. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So instead of just dropping you off in Independence, where most of the um, uh, Oregon Trail games start, this one starts you off as the group trying to get to Independence and like the last hundred mile stretch before they get there. And so, um, but after you've played that prologue, which like, you know, teaches how the game works, then every time you just start from independence. But uh, there's also, I did play an entire run of the challenge modes that they've added, which uh -oh. is really interesting. They have things where it's like trying to get to, um, to Oregon. You're just trying to deliver this uh, wagon full of bullets from one fort to another. And there was, and it was interesting because they've added in these extra mechanics. Like, we're going through a very hot area. If we don't keep cold water in the wagon, the bullets will just 
go off and explode in the wagon, and we do not want that. So it added this whole water balancing mechanic that you had to have so much water in the cart every day. And that was great, and that was, in fact, where I had one person die of a rattlesnake bite, one person just, like, straight up collapse and die out of exhaustion, and I did, in fact, have a guy die of dysentery. Well, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be an organ troll game if you didn't go dying of dysentery every now and again. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's a funny meme disease. It's funny because people died. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last thing I've got on our list is Apple Trial is still going on. And the big thing that like has come out of it this week that perhaps it is not the most interesting business-wise, but Everyone is talking about the banana conversation. <laughs> it's a banana, ma'am. Yes. So are we going to try to do a little voiceover of it? Do Do we want to? I mean, we can. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got Westinger and the attorney. Yes, there's actually two different attorneys because there's... There was the conversation about the banana done with the Apple attorney and then... Two hours later, they had another conversation about the banana with the epic attorney. <laughs> Everyone got it? Hold up. You ready? Yeah, I think, I'm, I think we're good now. All right. So the first conversation with the Apple attorney. What we have in front of, we have in front of us a new set of images. And what is the screen showing? This is your matchmaking lobby. And we have here a yard, we have a yard, large yellow banana here, don't we? In a tuxedo. Yes, that is Peely. And that's Peely, did you say? Yeah. And in fact, in the tuxedo, he's known as Agent Peely, correct? That's correct. We thought it would be better to go with the suit than the naked banana, since we are in federal court this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, and then there was the conversation two hours later with Epic. A little bit of a discretion. We talked about Peely, our banana. Remember that? I do. And there might have been an implication to show Peely without a suit would, would have been inappropriate. Do you recall that? Yes. Is there anything inappropriate about Peely without a suit? No, there is not. If we could just put on the screen a picture of Peely. Is there anything inappropriate about Peely without clothes? It's just a banana, ma'am. Oh, ma'am. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> yes. So this conversation Anyways. was obviously yeah. an experience, and the entire internet is going, "It's a banana, ma'am." Yeah. It. it... Yeah, and it's like, uh, and but I mean, like, think about it. Why else do they think? Why else do they call it a banana skin? E even though, like, you take it off. Wait a second. Don't go there. Yeah, this is this going several layers deep. Um. Yeah. So. <laughs> I tried to figure out exactly what the reasoning behind this is. Like, uh, why are we talking about if the banana is inappropriate so or not? So, I, I read this. I read this article today. And they're trying to... Apple's trying to claim that Epic is selling sexualized content on the marketplace. Yes. Um, Basically, which, they are going... Which is weird. Basically, they're going that the Epic Store has the ability to download the itch.io launcher. 
And because of that, there are um, certain games on there that are for those sick, depraved, pornographic, addicted people on the internet. And so this is so scandalous, and they don't, like, basically they're trying to go epic is lewd because association, when in reality, nothing that epic is actually making seems to be that lewd. Yeah, and yeah, you gotta go. For, you gotta go to the fan content for that, anyways. And Ap- yeah, and Apple was all like, "Well, if we let Epic on our store, then we let Itch.io on our store, and then you're making us sell inappropriate content for children, as if children can afford the devices." But yeah, it, <laughs> it is the strangest, like hail mary of a kind of thing that they're trying to do. But it doesn't surprise me because this entire court case has just been kind of bonkers at can, points. Can we talk about the statement they made at the end of like last week, where you ha- where you had two executives, the guy basically in charge of Apple's like game app screening department, like he's in charge of the app store basically. For the most part. And you had the type of curator, same kind of position for Epic last week. And they were in court arguing the definition of a game. Amazing. Last week, like, they spent an entire day in court arguing what is a game by using Roblox as an example. And I'm just like, what in the world is going on with this conversation? Uh, and then you realize that these people don't know what they're talking about when they're like, well, these features make a game or this feature makes a game. They don't have a clear definition. Um, and Apple kind of shot itself in the foot with this too because they said... They used Roblox as an example, which is kind of like not really a game. It's kind of like a game universe thing. And they're like, well, the developers pick the categories they fall under. We just review them. Hmm. Which I found weird. Uh, That is weird. Um, I feel like that falls kind of like how... um, this is a, a weird stretch. Um, in my real life job, uh, we sell a lot of stuff on Amazon to like the Amazon business type thing. And I'm guessing it's kind of like that where we will make a suggestion for where uh, Amazon puts an item at. Like say, like, oh, hey, this is a refrigerator. And then Amazon will have to go in and be like, actually, no, this isn't. So are they just trying to say that, you know, they're trying to give the developers... Um, some kind of freedom or some kind of no, autonomy? It, no, because most of the review process for apps entering their store is also automated on Apple's side. They mm. only have about 500 human testers that review apps for 100,000 weekly submissions. Oh, wow. So they let a wow. developer decide what category their app falls under. And then maybe a bot's looking at it, or maybe a human's looking at it. So, in court, 
they're arguing that Roblox isn't a game. Apple is arguing Roblox isn't a game. Uh, because it's because of its more like universal thing. It's not a game. It's just a varied platform. Yet Roblox's store, and this was pointed out in court, but Apple's store identifies Roblox as a game in the categories. And uh, it falls apart because Apple's arguing that Fortnite isn't just a game. Because there's more to it. But the guy arguing that Fortnite isn't just a game isn't aware of half of the things that go on in Fortnite. Like, he wasn't aware that they stream movies. He wasn't aware that they do concerts. He's only seen, like, it has a character creation tool. And it has a Battle Royale mode. That's all he knows Fortnite to be. Okay? And for some reason, only knowing Fortnite to be that, the guy does not think from Apple that Fortnite is a game. Now, granted, Epic themselves argues Fortnite isn't just a game, though they call themselves a metaverse. I don't know what the hell they mean by that. <laughs> but... I mean... They call themselves like, a metaverse because they're I not mean, just a game. That's, it's 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 like uh, got like uh, it's it's a friggin' like a crossover piece of media, you know. Like that's their way of like uh, that, I guess that's their like terminology for like uh, a like a corporate crossover, you know. It's uh, what it is is that is corporate bullshit, which I know as someone who works as a corporate wage slave. Uh, I believe that the term that my company uses is omni-channel. Ooh, that's a nice. Yeah, but like, term. like Fortnite doesn't have channels, so I guess that's why I don't call it that. Yeah. So basically, what it seems to me is they want to be a content delivery system, but the fact of the matter is, is every content delivery they do is built into the backbone of a game. It is. Because uh, they've done it as a game. Just because you added other things doesn't make it not a game anymore. Well, Roblox started as a game, and Apple says it's not a game. So apparently, just because you add other things, to, when you do add other things to it, it does change your category. Granted, Apple hasn't changed their category for Roblox yet, but they might right. now, given that it was brought up in the court that they're saying it's not a game. And... The Apple says it's not a game, but in common parlance, do most people refer to Roblox as a game? Oh, definitely. And Roblox because developers call language it a game. is flexible, and us trying to litigate the language of the word game is just going to end badly for everyone. Listen, they're in federal court right now trying to define a game. So... <laughs> and I hate it! <laughs> Also, they were talking about how games have challenges in that, and then they're like, well, you wouldn't call TikTok or Snapchat a game, and they have challenges in them. And then the person writing the article does like an insert thought kind of thing, and they're like, and it was clear to me that I was the only one in the room that actually knew what TikTok was. And... <laughs> 
Yeah, I wouldn't call the cinnamon challenge from back in the day a game either. <laughs> I will say, though, that Snapchat actually does have games you can play yes. with other people. Well, so yeah, does that but... mean that Snapchat is a game console? <laughs> Oh no, 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 Derek. Oh they're, they're, they're a metaverse now. They they bring other media to you. Uh, I'm I'm gonna take a a, a page from Mel. I'm gonna say that this is omnitainment. <laughs> I mean, it's like yes, exactly, one hundred percent. That's we can just make up words to describe whatever bullshit. <laughs> like uh, we're getting into some really like weird like rocky territory with like um, like. Uh, like, does a game have to be, like, purpose, like, all, does the game's sole purpose need to be user creation, like, user-created content, like, with, like, with uh, Dreams, or, like, or Ro Roblox, you know, or, do, like, or, or are those creation tools? Yeah, or, like, or does, like, any game with, like, a robust creation tool count as content delivery, you know, like, uh, Minecraft, or, uh, or, like, even, like, uh, just, uh, like uh, Super Mario Maker. Yeah, Mario like, Maker? like, yeah, like, yeah, like, uh, we're like, uh, we're getting in some, um, like, really deep weeds here. You know what this sounds like to me? History repeating itself because I remember very similar ha conversations happening around our walking simulators games. I mean, they're technically like interactive and like, uh, like it ju they just have like way less elements than like other first person games. So, like, technically, like, they're as much of a game as like a pa platformer as a game because like it has less elements than like uh, a Mega Man or a Castlevania, you know? See, the argument I always saw is that most walking simulators do not have a fail state, thus, they are not a game. I mean, lots of games don't have a fail state. Yeah, exactly. Like, whatever you come up with to categorize something as a game, there will always be an exception. And I, you guys brought up creation tools, and I'm like, why don't we count those as games? Nintendo sure as hell does. Granted, they sure do! Granted, they're the ones that are putting them out mainly, so <laughs> they can categorize them however they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like, yeah, uh... That that court case is getting into some weird territory, trying to define a game, trying to sexualize a damn banana <laughs> to make a point. Uh, and it's just I it, do not envy whoever has to make judgment on this. No, who, not at all. Who did they say is on this? Uh, it is. Hold on a second. Phoenix Wright. Phoenix Wright's on the case. Yes. No, no, no. The the articles have said it's like a Rodriguez something. Judge Rogers. But mm -hmm. Judge Rogers, she is unfortunately on the case. But she's asking some real good questions herself. Uh especially in that game discourse. I can send you a link for that, Mel, if you want to put it underneath. For that one, uh, what's a game? I'll send you a link to that article. But yeah, they're really trying really, really hard to fight Epic here. Uh, and you can't, I don't think you can blame Epic for what itch.io allows on their storefront. Right. It's just them trying to make 
distraction. But, but that's what Apple's trying to do. Uh, Itch.io itch .io creates inappropriate content or allows inappropriate content. And therefore, by allowing Epic onto our store, we would be allowing that inappropriate content. But is anyone in that court I, I just could... suggesting just don't let the Apple the Epic launcher on Apple's devices access itch.io. If you have, because you ha seem to have more of a problem with itch.io than you do Epic. Right. It's just a case of double speak trying to, you know, character assassination bullshit. I mean, and poor all Peely. this really is, all this really is, is two companies that are making money hand over fist fighting about who gets to have more of each other's money. And the <laughs> fact that there are people who are defining themselves by what side they are on in this stupid corporate battle is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It's like yeah. when people got really upset about that Sony and Disney might be fighting over Spider-Man and whose fault is it that we might not get more Spider-Man movies? Like, it's it's corporate bullshit, guys. They'll figure it out in, like, two weeks. Relax. It's like, relax. If only, make, if only they didn't make the Amazing Spider-Man movies and, like, just gave up the license back. But, of course, they weren't going to do that. Oh, man, they, they'll never do it because Spider-Man is, like one of the most profitable superheroes why would you give that up like he has he has i want to say of all comics he has the fourth highest volume sales by spider-man and batman which don't get as much content made about them but those ones have been running for so long and number three is one piece which is like the biggest manga ever so like yeah that's gonna have a ton of sales but number four, you got Spider-Man, and Spider-Man has always been one of the most flexible characters that you can put into a ton of different situations. So no way are they going to give up the rights to having Spider-Man movies. Oh yeah, no way. But it's just like... Especially not now that everyone thirsts after Venom. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I do not get what the thirstiness for Venom is about. Oh, I do. Can I, I totally someone can someone explain that to me? Like, is it just I mean, like, is it yeah, it's just like Tom Hardy? As, uh, yeah, it's like it's, the same co concept as like Monster Girls, but like gender bent. I guess I don't know. It's like how a bunch of us were thirsty over the fish man from Shape of Water. It's just monster fuckers. It happens. <laughs> Aliens can be sexy, damn it. I, rem yeah, I remember like, the makeout like, scene. At, just look at like World of Warcraft, you know. Yeah, pe I, people get thirsty over weird shit. I, I remember Whatever, they like what they like. I I remember the makeout scene in a. Uh, we want vampire Venom. mommy to step on us. <laughs> well, who doesn't want vampire mommy to step on? Oh, feet! You're a monster fucker too. Oh my gosh, Marvel versus Capcom, vampire mommy versus Venom. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Why not? Can yo yo uh. I know Kevin's making the image for that. Can he literally just make it Venom versus Vampire Mommy? <laughs> Kevin, please. I can ask him. Please, Kevin. We need Would it. you hear this? I mean, Vampire... Uh, not Vampire. Venom versus Vampire Mommy is definitely going to be the name of this episode now. Yeah, like, yeah. Come it, on. It, it needs to be... Uh, 
that that is i would watch the hell out of that movie or play the hell of that game just ugh. oh my gosh you know if that's, we get another marvel versus capcom do you think they'll put vampire mommy in it oh my gosh yes she do, is do you I, think, I, I could, it'd I probably be it. ridiculous if they didn't like she's the most popular character they've had for resident yeah. evil in a long time yes. uh, i think it's they'd be ridiculous astounding if they to me that i have heard that her um so i haven't played re8 resident evil is one of those series that i'm not super dedicated to so i pick it up on when it gets down to a low price like i picked up seven when it was 20 bucks you know and so i have not played the game but i have heard that her marketing is so much higher like so, like, the proportion of how much she is in the marketing to how much she is actually in the game is pretty off. <laughs> yeah! And that's amazing, because they were basically able to use everyone's thirst to not have to tell them anything else about the game. Yeah, almost every trailer they had for the game after revealing Vampire Mommy was more Vampire Mommy. <laughs> and... I, 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 Guys, I there are there are thoroughly... two other main characters. There are like two or three other main characters to this story that are not Ethan. Like, but yeah, they didn't if only have they to... tried that same. If only they tried the marketing strategy with Dark Souls. You know that that was sold a hundred million copies. Listen, they did that marketing strategy with Code Vein. <laughs> I do not think they initially expected everyone to be so thirsty for her, but then the second they realized they were, they were like we can use this, and went with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. They tweeted out her shoe size. I <laughs> they, mean, the fact that they did that, I was they, like, what? They tweeted out her shoe size, they tweet. They did an entire interview just to, yeah, tell, you, make, just uh, to tell you her my, height. <laughs> I bet they're gonna my hire... My favorite uh, was when not... they included her height in their thank you for playing the demo announcement. <laughs> Listen, listen. Yeah, I bet they're gonna hire Team Ninja to do Resident Evil 9. Oh my gosh. Listen, I just... I I just need them to tweet out how big her butt actually is. Like, the internet wants to know... Full get, get on that. We need her measurements in full. <laughs> you yeah, know that it... boulder that Chris was punching? That's actually where she came from. Oh, she punched okay. the boulder so hard and she just came out of it. Yep, that's how it works. And Another stunning uh, example I, of reproduction. I didn't realize there was like a four-century gap between four and eight, but, you know, okay. <laughs> I I will say that I am pretty fucking straight. But sometimes there are cases like her where things get me, where ladies get me feeling some kind of way. <laughs> and I think it's just... A stunning character design that she got everyone feeling some kind of way. Right. You know what they say about like um, uh, spaghetti and anyways. I wonder if yeah. I wonder if uh, the voice actor for her knew what she looked like beforehand. Have you seen the behind the scenes mocap? No, hmm. but now they... I need to. Yeah, you can look it up and find it pretty easily. Uh, the woman who did her mocap obviously is not nine foot six, but um, so she would do the mocap for her, and then in scenes where she, they were not capturing her mocap but capturing people in response to the character, they literally had like a nine foot tall stick with like 
a face on the top for people to look up at so they could get proper eye lines. It's amazing. It's hilarious. <laughs> and there there are uh, images of the woman who did the mocap standing there and holding the stick, like, all excited. It's so cute. That It's like, that's right. Fear me, because I'm a giant. <laughs> I will say, in her mocap, she does have, like, the big hat on, which, A+. plus. Nice. Well, that's good. They probably just, like... At, she probably demanded it, to be honest. I would. I'd be like, I want to wear I the mean, hat. <laughs> if I am going to portray this classy-ass vampire lady with the big hat and the long cigarette holder and the long dress, like, that's just an aesthetic. That's a mood. Good for her. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh my gosh. Uh, we we could get into we could get into other stories uh yeah. about, about I think that's a pretty good place for us to wrap yeah, up. Yeah, that is <laughs> because we could definitely get into other stories about uh Shakira demanding Gazelle's butt to be bigger for um Zootopia. My god. Yeah, she uh walked into the studio there, and there literally said movies. and literally said I will not voice a character with a butt Who that flat. <laughs> I would there not voice movies. a character with a butt that flat. So they had to give Gazelle unnatural proportions for a Gazelle to make Shakira happy the so she would do it. Zootopia is a movie where it's like, there was definitely a handful of furries making that movie. <laughs> but like, the incomplete opposite end of the spectrum is Cats, where it's like, you did not consult a single furry, did you? <laughs> I, that I, movie was so weird looking. Like, I, I kind of want to watch it just I because am, I know it's a train wreck. I saw it twice in theaters. <laughs> I'm so I'm a theater kid, and Cats is not my trash. Like, Cats has its place in theater. It's like a, it's more of a ballet show than like a story driven musical, which that's fine. There's places for that. But like, the moment the first trailer came out, it was like. I am morbidly fascinated by this, and I must see it. So I went and saw it for, like, five bucks at a late showing. And then I proceeded to wait until it was in my local budget cinema and drag my little sister to it. Because I was like, you need to see this. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. And, like, the the thing is, is it is not as bad as you might think. Like, it... It's cats, but with worse uh, visuals, yes. and also like, um, also like, um, like uh, they, like uh, they, they changed a couple of th things with like the way it's presented. Yeah, in I other mean, ways. Skimble Shanks, the railway cat, still slaps. So you did something right, uh, but like, it's a case of several cases of bad casting. Their visuals bad. Some of the rearrangement of story beats bad new song that they added just to try and get a Tony bad. But yeah, it wouldn't but be like, realistic if, like, yeah, people dressed up in, like, uh, in, like, uh, full-body suits and makeup, so, like, you gotta, you gotta go for realism, you know? No, they yeah, didn't have to go for that much. Yeah, <laughs> that was bad. weird. It's bad, but, like, it's not the room. Like, it's one of those things you sit through and you're just kind of baffled. It's not as much fun to sit and laugh at, you know? But, uh, release the butthole cut. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have heard about that, right? 
yeah, they don't have, there's like no buttholes for some reason. No, no, um, there were buttholes on the the animation of the cats, but then about a week out from movie release, they were removed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they got rid of them, and the internet has been very upset about it ever since. <laughs> yes, like, it's already bad, and you already know it's bad. Just give us the version that has the buttholes. It'll be so funny, please. Where's PETA? I am going to call them because they are removing cats' buttholes. That yes. is torture. <laughs> Alright. Kieran's gonna we hear have this episode. We severely deviated. We should shut this down. Kieran's gonna hear this and uh, decide he, need he needs to oversee it from now on. Kieran's gonna cancel the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. No, no, we'll be back. We'll go rogue. It's fine. All right, everyone drop your Twitter and your SoundCloud. <laughs> you first, Mel. Uh, okay, so uh, mine is at Mel Curtis on Twitter. And then, of course, the website's Twitter is BDG underscore UK if you just want to get the general feel of everything that's going on instead of whatever all of us have happening. <laughs> Or whatever just happened at the end of this. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh. guys. You can see. Me, you can catch uh, more stuff from me at, on Twitter at b r i s underscore p i t. I normally share all of my reviews, reviews from my fellow writers, and general comments about games I'm playing right now. So if that's something you're interested in, check it out there. All right, and again, I was Derek Wright. You can find me at Schwetty, S-C-H-W-E-T-T-Y. And I have a SoundCloud, but I don't remember what it's under, and it's five to ten years old, so that's okay. <laughs> yeah, my SoundCloud is actually, actually, like, actually has content on it, so I got that. Yeah, yeah I'm like, you know, like SoundCloud, it's all male. Uh, S-O-L-O-M-A-E-L on SoundCloud. Yeah, so. Alright, we'll see you all next week if the podcast is not cancelled by our discussions today. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> Whoops! <laughs>